Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Today is February 9th, 2022, and our first story. In aggregate, Joe Biden's approval rating hits a new record low, lower than Donald Trump's approval at the same time in his presidency. Democrats know it. They're now pulling back on COVID restrictions that are deeply unpopular. Polls are turning on Democrats. In our next story, Joe Biden has a new plan to fund the distribution of crack pipes. Now, Snope says it's fake news. He's also giving syringes to people. It's an absurd policy and it's being widely criticized. In our last story, a female comedian mocks getting all of her vaccines and being totally healthy, not getting sick, traveling internationally and says, Jesus loves me most before collapsing and fracturing her skull on the stage. Many people are saying, I don't know, maybe uh, the good Lord is trying to send a message. Now, I'm not a deeply religious person, but this is an interesting story. Now, if you like the show, give us a good review and leave five stars. Now, let's get into that first story. With the latest poll being factored in, Joe Biden's aggregate approval rating has hit a record low. According to Real Clear Politics Average, it's around 38%. And that means at the same time in his presidency as Donald Trump, Joe Biden has a lower approval rating than one of the most disapproved of presidents we've ever had. Now, of course, you can say the reason people didn't like Donald Trump was the media, which suggests the reason Joe Biden's approval rating is so low is not just his failures, for which there are many. I mean, Afghanistan was bad. COVID restrictions have been deeply unpopular. The economy is in shambles. But you also have the realization that the media narrative is collapsing. Along with this decline in Joe Biden's approval rating comes the ratings of mainstream and corporate press rapidly dropping. CNN riddled with scandals. And you have just generally regular Americans waking up to this and siding with a more Republican narrative. Now, perhaps the issue is it's that it's not a Republican narrative. When you look at polling, you see that independent voters and Republicans tend to be more aligned on the issues and the problems facing this country, which suggests the cult narrative of the corporate press and their alignment with Democrats is over. And that's why they're so desperately going after Joe Rogan. Right now, we're seeing all of these stories pop up where it's, it's, it's time to end the mandates and time to end the lockdowns. Dr. Fauci comes out and says, maybe we will be getting back to normal because they've realized they've lost. Now, what's fascinating here is it's not just in the United States, which says to me it's a media victory for us. In Canada, 
following the trucker protest, we're now hearing that COVID mandates are being lifted in the UK, lifted in the US, lifted New York, Illinois. They are lifting the mandates early because they've seen the polling. And I will say this. I stand corrected. You know, early on in this in the year, you know, a month. I mean, it's only February, but you know, we're on Timcast IRL. I'm talking to Luke Rakowski of We Are Change. And I said, I think we're going to get more lockdowns. I think the Democrats are desperate. I think they've realized they've lost. And they're only the, the only thing they have is locking people down. Luke said to me, no, I think with Omicron, they're going to back down. They've lost and this will be the end. Now, the reason I didn't agree with Luke is that his position on this was fairly pragmatic as if the Democrat uniparty establishment and their media allies were playing anything based on logic. Sure, Omicron is more infectious, but substantially less deadly. That would reason or would show that uh, we're likely going to have tons of people getting really, really sick, or, or I should say tons of people will get sick, like many people will get sick, not really sick. And that will result in more natural immunity, which will result in cases going down and hospitalizations going down. Now, that's a logical reason to believe that we're going to see an end of restrictions. I don't give the Democrats and the establishment the benefit of the doubt. I don't trust them. But of course, here we are. Now, I don't think the reason they're backing down is specifically because of Omicron. I think it's because Biden's approval rating falls below 40 percent in aggregate. Aggregate. That means all of the polls combined. You know, we're we're not talking about one poll. And we take a look at the response over at Civics. Independent voters and Republicans tend to agree the economy is trash. The COVID response has been miserable. We are not satisfied. Yet for some reason, Democrat aligned voters say that the economy is is good and that the COVID response was good. Yet you have to believe fake news to live in that reality. So when the majority of people in this country don't, suffice to say, Democrats Y'all are on the wrong side of history on this one, as they like to say. But let's read the news. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member in order to support these videos and all of our work. Our journalists are writing every single day, producing news for you guys. And these jobs are created because people have subscribed and become members. And your memberships fund the work we do. We do have sponsors, but primarily we are funded through memberships. With your support, we'll keep going. And as a member, you'll get access to our exclusive members-only shows, notably the TimCast IRL podcast, as well as our Green Room show. We've also got uh, exclusive Tales from the Inverted World shows. But uh, the TimCast IRL podcast exclusive is Monday through Thursday around 11 or so p.m. So as a member, you'll get to watch those shows. And we are, we are deeply grateful that you're allowing us to do this work. Of course, they want to silence us, shut us down, go after our advertisers. They want to get us suspended, all that stuff. And that's why we rely on you guys to provide that shield as members to keep all of this going. But don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, share the video with your friends. Let's read the story from TimCast.com. President Biden's approval rating falls below 40% according to new poll. Well, hold on there a minute. I believe that can be framed a little bit better, TimCast.com. It, be- it falls below 40% according to a new aggregate polling. Now, it does say the rate marks an all-time average low for Biden. But the new poll that came out actually has Joe Biden at 41% disapproval. When you add that in, it bumps out. A higher poll drops him straight down. According to data collected by Real Clear Politics, 39.8% of Americans approve of the job Joe Biden is doing as president. Okay, so correction, I thought it was 38. It was 39.8. That's where I got that confused. Biden has faced declining approval rates since the beginning of his presidency. 
He began his term with a 55.5% approval rating, a nearly 20-point advantage over his 36% disapproval rating. His popularity steadily declined with notable slumps throughout the summer of 2021. On August 23rd, Biden's approval rating of 47.5 sunk below disapproval of 47.8 and has subsequently never recovered. I think this has to do with Afghanistan. The change came the day after Biden announced to the nation his plan to evacuate thousands of Americans from Afghanistan would be hard and painful. Withdrawing from Afghanistan, in my opinion, was the right thing to do. Many people have said to me, Tim, look at South Korea. The U.S. remained there for decades. And look how awesome South Korea is. And I see that and I say, I get it. I do. But that was us resisting the Soviet expansion. What's what are we resisting with Afghanistan? I mean, when we went in there, what was it? China? Is that the, the new Cold War? I don't think so, because you had the, the Democratic administrations favoring China and opening up trade with them. No, it was just another pet project of it, these international warmongering uh, defense contractors. What was supposed to be mark and reprisal going after terror groups became nation building. So I can say, you know, part of me likes the idea that we did a lot of good in Afghanistan. We, we, we helped a lot of people and leaving the way we did. Well, we screwed everything up. I don't want to get, go on and harp about Afghanistan. Suffice it to say, Joe Biden had a real opportunity here, thanks to Donald Trump, and he screwed it all up. We then had, you know, U.S. troops dying, war heroes. It was really, really bad. That was the beginning of the end for Joe Biden. Check it out. From Real Clear Politics, President Biden's job approval, with the latest Economist YouGov poll showing a, an, an approval rating of 41%. So let me, let me clarify. I think I said that wrong. Disapproval is 51 and approval rating is 41 percent. This knocks Joe Biden down to his lowest point ever at 39.8. We've seen it get low before 40.5, 40.8, but now 39.8. When we jump over to Donald Trump's aggregate approval rating and head over to February 9th, 2018, following the first year in his in office for, for Donald Trump, 42.1 percent aggregate polling. Now, it's, what's remarkable is Donald Trump was still way, way down there, his lowest point being 37.0. But that was a recovery. Donald Trump was recovering from this low throughout his presidency. And though he bounced around the, the low 40s, ultimately landing down around 41 percent, his lowest approval rating came at 39.3, January 16th, 2021, the end of his presidency. I want to make sure you really, really understand that. Donald Trump maintained a, you know, fairly bad approval rating. But in the 40s, Joe Biden's approval rating now in decline and getting worse is around as bad as it was for, for Donald Trump at, the, at one of the worst points in his presidency after several years. And to be fair, Donald Trump was way lower before, but he had a media onslaught just slamming and berating him. And he recovered from this. Perhaps we will see Joe Biden recover from this. Perhaps that's a fair point. Now, if we go over to 538, we can see that Joe Biden's popularity, 41.3% approval. I like using aggregate polling and I like showing more than one. I think it's fair to give you a wide, as wide a view as possible. And the question about this, why is this happening? I genuinely believe it is response to coronavirus. I believe it's the economy. And I believe the media narrative has finally broken. Have you seen the price of gold lately? 
It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. I've said this before. You know, I'm ahead of the market. That's what, was, that, 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 that's what I was told by a journalism professor. Tim, you're, you have the unfortunate privilege of being ahead of the market. So when I see all of this news, I assume if this news is breaking now, people surely must know the Democratic Party has failed them. What I failed to realize is that if I read 100 stories in one day, all explaining how the Democrats have screwed this one up, the average person will read one of those. And it will take several months for them to collect all the information that I've, I've been reading. The average person isn't reading everything the way I am. In which case, there would be a lag effect. Let's take a look at this from the this is the uh, from independent voters, civics, coronavirus government response. How satisfied are you with the U.S. government's current response to the coronavirus outbreak? We can see that 45 percent of in, independent voters are not satisfied. And that's that's gone going up, up, up. 24 percent mostly satisfied, 23 percent not very satisfied and 4 percent of independents completely satisfied. That's going down, which means the plurality. We have 68% saying, in some capacity, not satisfied, and only 28% saying they are satisfied. That is about two to one favoring the Republican perspective. If we then jump to the Republican view on this, overwhelmingly not satisfied, 66% not satisfied, 24% not satisfied, only 8% say they're in some way satisfied with this. Now, that is remarkable. With 90% of Republicans, unsurprising. And you can see there was a big flip around Inauguration Day, which goes to show tribalism plays a major role. Now, let's be real. After Joe Biden got inaugurated, and then there was a flip, and Republicans all of a sudden were like, I don't know how I feel about what's going on with COVID. I roll my eyes at that. Yo, give Biden a chance. The reality is, I don't think most Republicans did, or I should say many did and many didn't. Their complete satisfaction just dropped on an inauguration day, which makes no sense. Like not enough time has elapsed for anything to change. But you can see there was a period where Republicans just went totally sour on Biden. I think the reality is there was around 30 to 40 percent of Republicans who are like, let's see what happens. And that is that there's you can see right here, 27 percent mostly satisfied throughout Joe Biden's presidency until around uh, July. I think people started to realize that Joe Biden was an ineffective leader and was causing great problems for us. But let's take a look at Democrats. Democrats were unsatisfied under Trump. And then all of a sudden, Biden gets elected. And they're like, hey, now I'm satisfied. 
I say it all the time. Don't come to me with that stuff about both sides are not the same in that capacity. You're wrong about this. That's what the Democrats say. Sorry. I can tell you the Republicans tend to be more reasonable. They're still tribal. But the Democrats are glaringly unreasonable. 80, 82%, 83% unsatisfied. Inauguration day happens. Now, all of a sudden, they're mostly satisfied. Was that it? The election of Joe Biden was it for most people, including Republicans? You know, that's just completely absurd. We can see now that Democrats are mostly satisfied. Only 24% of Democrats say they are not satisfied to some degree. But again, when you go to the independent voters, you can see they're more likely to be in line with Republicans' view of things. What's fascinating here is after Inauguration Day, uh, not satisfied at all dropped, and independent voters were fairly satisfied with Joe Biden. This is important. When we get into July, 39% were mostly satisfied. You had a plurality saying to a certain degree, we're satisfied with what Joe Biden is doing. And now it's this bad. So I look at the Republicans and I say, they're a bit more reasonable, but still tribalist. I look at Democrats and say, y'all are overwhelmingly tribalist. I look at independent voters and I say, seems reasonable. It really, really does. Now let's take a look at how concerned are you about the coronavirus outbreak in your area? All in all, most people seem to not be concerned. Democrats, however, obviously, they're very concerned. 68% extremely or moderately concerned. Among Republicans, yeah, surprise, surprise. You've got 85% not, not uh, expressing no or little concern. And among independent voters, it's very similar once again to Republicans. Now, what is it that is making it so independent voters are more aligned with Republicans? The media narrative that is held by the establishment, corporate press, and the, and the, and the politicians, it's failed. It's done. It's not working anymore. And I'll show you why. I will show you why. Mask debate generating sparks on the campaign trail. Two photos going viral. Stacey Abrams sitting in a classroom with no mask while all the kids do it. Parents see this. They see your duplicitousness. They see the deception, the manipulation, the arrogance, and the elitism. And they say, why are my kids forced to wear masks when these politicians don't do it? Because they are lying to you. Now, Republicans have one advantage. They'd probably do the same elitist trash. Just so happens not wearing a mask works out for them. You see, the average American probably is not okay with the lies. I'd imagine even among the Democrat voters, those who are wrapped up in the cult, many of them are just trying to do the right thing to get by. But they're being lied to and they don't realize it. Republicans and Democrats, the uniparty, the establishment, they don't want to wear masks. Well, Republicans don't. So it looks like Republican politicians are aligned with them. No, I don't trust the uniparty. I don't care if it's Republican or Democrat. The Hill reports. Democratic leaders, notably Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams, have come under fire from Republicans in recent weeks over photos showing them unmasked amid a crowd of masked people. In Abrams' case, masked children. Then you also have Alyssa Slotkin, who was also criticized. She faced a backlash Monday from Republicans for posing maskless for a selfie in front of a crowd of masked supporters at a campaign event. You also had Barack Obama at a construction site not wearing a mask while the construction workers were. Yo, I don't care. You know, the Obama thing is a really interesting turn in this all. You see Obama is at his house. He's not going to wear a mask at his own house, right? The construction workers are coming to someone else's house, so they're wearing a mask. But here's the funny thing about it. If the Democrats really believe masks are important, shouldn't Barack Obama have been wearing one? They are lying to you. 
Mitch McConnell's a, a, a waste, in my opinion, as well. He's trash. Primary these people. I saw an interesting post. It said, I will not vote for anybody unless they pledge to prosecute Anthony Fauci, Dr. Fauci. You know, I agree with that. At the very least, I agree with the idea that there should be a criminal probe into Fauci lying to Congress. And there should be a criminal probe into him bypassing a ban on gain of function research. He should be held. He should be held accountable for this. Well, here's where it all goes now. Fauci says U.S. heading out of full blown pandemic phase sees end to COVID restrictions in coming months. Oh, because the science has changed again. It keeps changing. You know, the funny thing about the science changing. We get studies all day, every day. There have been many studies on therapeutics and alternative treatments and things like that. But those studies are never the science changing. Never. Those are, oh, well, I don't trust that study and that study is wrong. But then you get one study that says a pharmaceutical company is doing well. And Fauci goes, we got a new study here. The science changed and everyone buy this thing. And I'm just like, why is it that the science only changes when it favors massive multinational billion dollar corporations? How come the science didn't change when a study comes out of India or something like that? Oh, because it's political. It is. Now, as with all medical issues, I'm not here to give you medical advice. All right. I think the mask debate is one of the stupidest things ever because I think it's fair and obvious that masks work. Okay. They're not 100% effective. I don't think anyone reasonable is making that argument. And I think tribalism plays a huge role in here that I'm not a fan of. Masks, you wear it when you're sick and you don't spit on people. I don't know what the, the, the efficacy of masks is, but certainly it will prevent the spread to a certain degree. Now, that being said, mandates are political matters of policy I completely disagree with. When it comes to any medical issues, you don't come to me for your medical advice because I ain't got none for you. But now all of a sudden they're coming out and saying that it's all over. Look at this one. The era of big COVID mandates is ending. First read is your briefing from Meet the Press. Oh, you know what? The Democrats saw the polls. They know they're going to lose in November, so they better turn around. And now what they're going to say is, we were right. We slowed the spread. And if we didn't do this, more people would have died. We were, we were reasonable. And then when cases dropped, we opened things back up. Yeah, that's how they're going to play it. That's how they're going to frame it. But you know what? I don't buy it. You know why? Well, let me let me show you why I don't buy it from the AP. Canadian provinces lift COVID restrictions. Protests remain. Well, well, this is a different country with different policies. How could they all of a sudden just be like, hmm, Boris Johnson plans to end England's COVID rules a month early. Interesting. Alberta ditches proof of vaccine program. Huh? You know what I think it is? I think you end up with mass protests, trucker convoys. There's now reportedly a trucker convoy in New Zealand. There have been truckers in U.S. cities. There have been mass protests, and they know it. The one thing that we've seen internationally protest. Now, I could be wrong. That's just my opinion. But when they come out and they're like, we are ending the restrictions because the science changed. I'm like, the science in all of these different countries in unison around the exact same time just changed. One great study came out. Well, truth be told, okay, maybe. Okay, maybe. The John Hopkins study came out, and all of a sudden they're like, all right, let's end these restrictions. But because it's happening across all of these different countries, I think the real issue is these protests send shivers down their spines. I think they see how deeply unpopular they are, and I think they've realized with an election coming up, they got to make moves. I do think it's fair to point out that the Johns Hopkins study did come out and now we're seeing all of this internationally fine. But I once again will state 
How come this one study is changing science and all the other studies that came out before are not? Could this one study be wrong? Well, you said the other ones were wrong. Why are you choosing this one? That's why I think it's political. Take a look at this from the Atlantic. I love it. Open everything. The time to end the pandemic restrictions is now. Why? Why now? Oh, an associate professor at Johns Hopkins. In March 2020, I wrote that America should cancel everything in response to the acute threat posed by COVID-19. I remain convinced it was the right thing to do. Oh, here we go. That's it, isn't it? That's it. Yep. Now, all of a sudden, they're saying we did the right thing. We saved lives and it's time to open back up. Yeah, I'm not buying it, man. Your one study is not a change in science. It's one study. You can't convince me that every other study that's come out were all bunk or wrong or bad, bad policy and bad methodology. But this one is the right one. Oh, I read it. It says lockdowns barely did anything. Okay, but this is the science you choose to follow, not any other study. Political. It's, It's what it is. That's the reality. Now, look, I'm glad they're opening things back up and they're caving. Fine. New York, they're dropping indoor mask mandates. They join blue, joining blue states and easing COVID rules. You've got Illinois. Governor J.B. Pritzker will lift indoor mask mandate by February 28th, but rules remain in place for schools. Here over at The Independent is where it gets good and political. Saki blames Trump for COVID lockdowns after Johns Hopkins study suggests they had little positive impact. Conservatives are using lockdowns to describe social distancing measures implemented under the Trump administration while blaming Democrats for them. This is truly the most amazing thing ever. Donald Trump came out in 2020 and said, it's a state's issue. I don't have the authority to force the states to reopen. Democrats in the states and blue states enacted lockdowns and restrictions. Republicans didn't. And Jen Psaki blames Donald Trump. It is politics. They know they're losing. They're freaking out. And the only card they've ever had to play is orange man bad. Remarkably, Donald Trump hasn't been president for the past year. So explain that, Jen Psaki. It's absolutely insane. But here we are. 538. What to make of polls that show America Americans are trending toward the GOP? Well, I'll tell you what to make of them. Democrats are losing, freaking out, panicking, and they're desperate. 538, of course, have a, has a different perspective. Well, we don't really know it's happening, so we shouldn't jump the gun. Look, I've always been a left-leaning individual. Never been a big fan of the Democratic Party, but never, never a fan of the Republicans. I used to always err on the side of, man, Democrats are pretty bad, but they're better than Republicans. And then the Democratic Party went absolutely insane entertaining crackpot broken ideas, open borders, corporatism, fascism. What are they doing? These lockdowns are absolutely insane. There's no cohesion. Sorry. As I've long said, I've stood in the same place I've always stood, as have many other people. The Democratic Party just fired off so far to the left. I don't even, I can't even see them anymore. And I look to my right and I see a group of people who look kind of like I do, but we disagree on a bunch of things. And they're like, hey, hey, dude, over here. And then I'm like, well, look, I'm going to stand where I stand center left economically and socially, but I can still hear what those guys are saying and I can talk to them not that far away. The far left, I don't know where they went. There's this really funny post from the Joe Rogan controversy where someone was like, I made a list of Joe Rogan's guests showing his bias. And they listed like 50 people 
And they put people like Russell Brand on the right as, as right wing and Sam Harris and Tulsi Gabbard and Barry Weiss and me all as right wing. And it's just like it's laughable. Look, I don't mind being called a centrist, but I'm not conservative and conservatives know that. I think centrist is rather fair. I've always been kind of middle of the road. But Sam Harris, that dude's got Trump derangement syndrome. Russell Brand, he's a leftist. He's rad, by the way. His podcast is fantastic. I think Russell Brand uh, should, should uh, ex- grow, expand. And I think y'all should check out the work he's doing because he's doing a really great job. But right wing? The funny thing about this, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? With more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S., they have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. was that Joe Rogan has had like 1,500 guests or maybe like 1,000 different guests. And this list was just like 50 people. It puts Jimmy Dore and Lee Camp on the left with asterisks. Like they're on the left, but they're grifters or something. Oh, please, dude. It is so absolutely pathetic. The reality is regular people, people who used to be on the left, who used to be left-leaning, are no longer aligned with your insane political party. And y'all are going to lose because of it. I'm never voting Democrat again. Never. I supported several Democrats in 2018 and 2020. Not happening again. I donated to Andrew Yang's forward party not, not that long ago. But then he did that Joe Rogan thing. I'm, you know what, dude, Yang, he came out and defended Joe and then deleted it and apologized for defending him. That was pathetic. Defend the guy or don't. Okay. You can criticize him for legitimate reasons, but defend him or don't and delete your tweet. So stupid. I, if I tweet something, I'll be like, yeah, I tweeted it. You know, it is what it is. Here's 538 freaking out. They say it's still too soon to know whether more Americans are actually identifying as Republicans. Gallup's finding could portend a lasting change, or it could also be a short-term reaction to an unpopular Democratic president. Or it could be an artifact of lower response rates by Democrats frustrated with bad news for their party. Or it could relate to all of the above. After all, political science research has found that an individual's party identification can fluctuate. That said, Party ID also tends to be pretty stable in the long run, such that we'd expect changes across the population to be gradual. To that point, there are two ways of looking at Gallup's party ID data, quarterly and annually. In the quarterly data, you can see that party ID is volatile. It generally favors Democrats, but there are numerous spikes in the data as well, where Republicans have an advantage. All right, all right. Let's take a look at your quarterly data. When you look at the data quarterly, you can see that... Republicans do sometimes overtake Democrats, but typically Democrats are on top. When you look at it annually, you can see that Democrats are almost always on top. They're really trying hard to stave off 
this, 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 this unpopular narrative for Democrats. You know why? There are a lot of people who just fall in line and, and, and do whatever they think is popular or mainstream. There are a lot of people who don't follow the news and are not ahead of the market. Russell Brand, I think, is a really good example. He's not always been you know, uh, uh, in this position where he's waking people up and speaking out very, very sternly uh, against the corporate press. He's actually been, in, uh, you know, not that long ago, uh, pushing many left opinions. But the dude's always, in, always, in my opinion, been honest with himself. When he sees something happening, his opinion changes. And he comes out and starts talking about it. That's the popular shift. That is people waking up, red pilling, whatever you want to call it. It's happening. It's real. Now, there are a lot of people who watch shows like his who then trust him and wake up to what's going on. Same, with, same is true with Joe Rogan. They don't like the narrative because these regular people who just want to fit in all of a sudden are hearing it's not cool to be a Democrat because the Democrats are crackpot lunatics. Joe Biden's not popular. Nobody likes the job he's doing. I mean, most people don't. They disapprove of him. And so, you know, where do you want to be? Bill Maher, our fair weather friend, has changed tone, now criticizing Democrats because he realized he's growing an audience among people on the right and at Fox News. But it's not because these are Republicans. It's because we long left those shows, Bill. We long left that political party. I used to watch Real Time with Bill Maher all the time. But then one day I just didn't recognize him. I'm like, dude, where did you go? You, you, you got Covington kids wrong. You were screeching about Donald Trump. Look, I get it. We have grievances about Trump, but he was just not standing beside us. He was too concerned about being on the left instead of being true to his principles. So here we are. Now we can see that 538 is desperate to push this narrative that no, 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 no. Don't worry. Don't worry. If you're a Democrat, people are Republican. It might not be true. You're on the right side of history. Here's a funny thing. The leftist activists scream at Republicans all day and night. You're on the wrong side of history, man. And I'm like, I don't know, whatever, maybe. I don't care about the side of history to be on. It's the stupidest motivation. Is that what motivates these people? Are you on the right side of history? I don't care. I stand by what I believe in. Heavens, imagine if, if the Nazis won. Ugh, the right side of history would be horrifying. No, I stand by my principles and what I believe in. Imagine if the Confederacy won. You look back at these, er these times of great conflict and strife. And they say right side, wrong side of history. I don't care. I stand by what I believe to be morally right, what is true and what is correct. And for the most part, I believe truth is the absolute morality. I'm a little exaggerating, you know, a little hyperbolic. What I mean is just be honest and be true and let the truth guide you. The truth will set you free. I don't care about healthcare policy. I don't care about economics. I don't care about taxes. I don't care about political parties. I care about the truth. Russell Brand can come out and advocate for universal healthcare and communism or whatever. I'm not saying he's a communist. I'm saying he could get that extreme, but I think he's a fairly reasonable guy. I'm a big fan, by the way. He can come out and literally be like, yo, I'm Russell Brand and I'm an outright communist. And here's what's actually happening. Here's the truth. And I'd be like, thank you for telling the truth. I think your policies are horrible. I'm not saying Russell Brand's a communist. He's not. He's just a lefty guy. And he's great. And Jimmy Dore is much the same way. Jimmy Dore is a leftist. And he's honest. So we like the guy. We're big fans of the guy. It's amazing, isn't it, how that works? You can be like, I think we need strong social policy, social welfare, universal health care. And then you come out and you're honest. And you say, but here's what's happening with the establishment. And I'll be like, I disagree with, on the, I disagree with your opinions on those things, but I appreciate you, you informing me accurately. 
You can come to me and say you want to ban all guns. Just be honest. You could, if, if someone came to me and said that they actually knew about guns, they understood semi-automatic and fully automatic and the NFA and all that stuff and said they think it was a good idea and, and explained their opinion, I'd be like, I think you have a terrible opinion. I think it's authoritarian. Uh, but thank you for being honest about the facts. The issue is the truth sets you free. And that's why they have to maintain the facade because they don't want you to be free. They want you to be controlled and they're losing. Good news all around, I guess. Hopefully the country sticks together long enough to make it through this stormy weather. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. Ah, yes, Newsweek. Please tell me why the Biden administration is handing out free crack pipes. That's right. The Biden administration is handing out free crack pipes in a $30 million program. Safe smoking kits will be delivered to people. And uh, this is confirmed, established mainstream news. Newsweek is saying, I just want to you know, make sure you guys hear me on this one. The Biden administration is handing out free crack pipes. Okay. Heaven forbid someone go to a doctor and be prescribed horse medicine. That's the line. But the Democratic administration giving out crack pipes. Yeah, you know, I, I just sometimes I, I don't I don't even know. Does any of this really matter? You know, we're at this point where we're sitting here struggling in this fight over our culture, over the future of this nation, over the future of this planet. And we have currently a president who has decided it is appropriate to do a major spending program that will include giving crack pipes to people. Yo, how about you not give them crack pipes, don't send them to prison for being addicts, and give them help? No. Look, I understand, you know, methadone clinics. I understand people who are addicted to opiates. You need to bring them down. You don't want withdrawal. And I can certainly understand that's true for many, many drugs. But this is, this is just, it's just all out insanity. Now, what really makes this story insane, okay? Because I can show you Newsweek, why the Biden is handing out free crack pipes. We've got this from my state line. Once again, a NewsGuard certified story, of course. Biden admin funds program to hand out crack pipes. We have this story from The Independent. GOP outraged. A $30 million Biden plan to fund crack pipe distribution in effort to reduce drug harm. We have Marsha Blackburn demanding answers regarding reports of Biden's taxpayer-funded crack pipe distribution. It's really, really interesting. You know, because uh, uh, it, it seems that this is all uh, uh, confirmed, established, mainstream news. And then we have our good friends over at Snopes.com. And what are our good friends over at Snopes.com saying? Did the Biden administration fund crack pipes to advance racial equity? News reports in February 2022 grossly misrepresent the facts about a federal harm reduction program. Mostly false. Mostly false. Okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. Hold on a minute. I got Newsweek right here, brother. I got Newsweek. I got the Independent. I got the GOP pouncing on the story. How is this mostly false when you have confirmation from mainstream press and when you have News stories smearing conservatives for being angry about it. Snopes is lying garbage. Garbage. Maybe garbage is an insult to garbage. Maybe Snopes is more like the scum that festers and grows beneath the pile of garbage. Maybe that's better. Sewage. Ooh, the, the gunk 
that grows somehow inside the sewer from the refuse. Newsweek reports the Biden administration will provide grant funding to pay for the distribution of safe smoking kits as part of efforts to reduce harm from substance abuse over the next three years. A number of conservative news outlets reported in recent days that the administration would fund the distribution of crack pipes for drug users as part of a push to advance racial equality. No, no, no. No one said equality, Newsweek. Who's the editor on this one? Come on, get your facts straight. It's equity, not equality. They're different things. Equality is when like people are treated fairly and equally. Equity is when you strip people of their rights to force them into a box so that they're forced into a position of equality. Different things. They say, however, safe smoking kits are just one piece of equipment on a list of 20 items the Department of Health and Human Services outlined on the grant application for its harm reduction program. The primary purpose of the program to reduce the risk of infection among users. I'm certain that we all understand it's actually a lot more than just crack pipes. Yes, there's many things in this kit that, I don't know, make people angry, I guess, and they don't agree with. This is the weird thing to me. Personally, I understand wanting to give people safe access to doing drugs to reduce the problems we see in the periphery of drug use. I understand that point. I don't think this is how you go about doing it. And thus, I would be critical of a plan that would give out any of this stuff. I don't understand how they're coming out. Conservatives are obviously being like, so here's the thing they're giving out. Crack pipes are among the list. That's not a good thing. You shouldn't do that. And they say, actually, everybody, they're giving out more than just crack pipes. That just makes it worse. It's, <laughs> it's remarkable that the mainstream media's response is, well, we know you're mad about the crack pipes, but we are giving them syringes too. It's like, um, yo, I, I don't think that's better for your argument. The people who don't like that you're giving drugs and, and, and tools and paraphernalia to people are equally concerned about all of it, but just highlighted one portion, the crack pipes. Truly an astounding and amazing world we live in. The Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, part of the HHS, issued a notice of funding for the 2022 Harm Reduction Program grant on December 8th. The deadline for applications was February 7th which may explain why it was a subject of recent reports. The 75-page application, which is still available to read online, explains that eligible applications for the grant include state, local, and tribal governments, as well as tribal organizations and community-based organizations, among others. The, program, the purpose of the program is to support community-based overdose prevention programs, syringe service programs, and other harm reduction services, the document said. Um, I'm just going to, I want to make a point. Like, I, I think banning guns is wrong. I think that um, people have a right to keep and bear arms, and uh, I would like to see harm reduction for, you know, gun violence and accidents and all that stuff, but I think people have a right to this. But um, I'm only somewhat joking. I'm actually joking when I say the, go the government should be giving out guns, you know, by mandate. My point there is, you know, I'll often say, like, there should be a Department of Gun Services where when you turn 16, you walk in and they say, here's your gun, sir, and here's your box of ammo and all that stuff. That's sort of the big ask. The point I make there is, I just want my right to keep and bear arms uh, to be uninfringed by government. And because the Democrats are always pulling towards gun control, and because Republicans are always saying, no, wait, don't, we gradually move in the direction of gun control. Thus, demanding universal gun distribution would pull us back in the other direction and maybe lead us right in the middle where, you know, if you come out and you say, I demand the government pay for everyone's guns, 
then the Democrats might be like, okay, we'll settle with you if to buy your own guns. That's kind of the point, right? I don't actually think the government should be going around handing guns to people. Now, as, as when it comes to harm reduction services, I certainly think we can try to uh, destigmatize, decriminalize, in a certain sense, extreme drug use. You know, certain drugs are really, really out there. Distribution, of course, I think should be illegal, especially with kids. Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Distribution in certain circumstances. I actually think for the most part, drugs should be legal because it's your choice. However, if we have a problem with people in public where you can't even drink in public and they're shooting up and doing other drugs and smoking crack, it should not be that we put them in jail. It should be that we bring them to a facility where we detox them, where you are helped to get off that drug, to stop it. I mean, that's, that's where I'm kind of at. Now, I do think there's a, there's a fine line here. If somebody wants to ingest something, you know, whose business is it? And therein lies the, 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 the more difficult question. You should be allowed to put whatever you want in your body on your own. Okay, fine. But the government shouldn't be giving you the syringes and the crack pipes. That to me is just insane. Now, here's what's really funny about it. They, they say that it's to help with racial equity and things like that. That's a quote. And they're trying to claim it's not true. But let me just tell you, all right, if that is the case, and that's what was reported by uh, Daily Mail, and a couple other outlets. Are they uh, actually, let me just show you what they said right here. The application is online, explains that eligible applicants include state, local and tribal governments, as well as tribal organizations and community based organizations, among others. I'm curious if they believe if they're if they're talking about all this woke stuff. And this is like a left thing. We talked about this in terms of racial equity. If they're not going to give crack pipes to white people, but they do give crack pipes to, you know, marginalized racial groups. Crack is bad for you. Crack hurts you. Crack ruins your life. If they're only giving them to certain racial groups, they are ruining the lives of these certain racial groups, not helping them. It's really crazy, isn't it? They say they want to help control the spread of infectious disease and the consequence of such diseases. Maybe these people should be taken off the streets and brought to a facility where they are detoxed or something like that. You can drink. You can't drink in public. I'm not sure I agree with that, but I understand, you know, why we have those laws. It goes back to public drunkenness and, you know, disorderly conduct and things like that. But ultimately, I just kind of like, just don't give them the drugs. Sure. They say one of the requirements for recipients of grant funding is to purchase equipment and supplies to enhance harm reduction efforts. These include safe smoking kits that have been the focus of some recent articles regarding crack pipes. Other items on the list were infectious disease testing kits safe sex, uh, sex kits, including prep resources and condoms, syringes to prevent and control the spread of infectious disease. Though the overall purpose of the program is harm reduction, not racial equality, applicants who are granted funding will be expected to develop a behavioral health disparity impact statement no later than 60 days after the funding is awarded. One part of this impact statement is showing the number of people who will be served during the grant period and identify under-resourced population, populations such as racial sex, gender, and eth uh, ethnic minority groups. Let me just break this down for you. This program is going to give or various organizations crack pipes, syringes, etc. And they're encouraging them to be distributed among racial minority groups, gender and identity groups. So trans people, you know, Asians, Latinos, black people, uh, what else do you gender? They're going to be handed these life-destroying tools for drug use. 
but not white people. You know, the white people, you know, you don't, you don't get a crack pipe. You don't, white, you, don't, you don't get a crack pipe, white person. I'm pretty sure white supremacists are cheering for this right now. That's how insane the left, the establishment, Democrats have become. Let me just break this down. They're incentivizing. They want to show the number who will be served during the grant period. I'm sure they'll still be giving white people their crack pipes, but it is, it is it, this racial equity thing. You are going to have leftist woke types at these facilities being like, we know who really needs the crack pipes, the underserved, marginalized people, racial minorities. And I'm like, maybe none of them should be doing crack. But that brings me to the great story from Snopes, mostly false. They say in early 2022, the Biden administration endeavored to advance racial equity by distributing crack pipes to drug users. Mostly false. What's true? A U.S. Department of Health and Human Services substance abuse harm reduction grant did require recipients to provide safer smoking kits to existing drug users. In distributing grants, priority would be given to applicants serving historically underserved communities. Oh, I love it. Mostly false, although the crux of everything that was claimed was true. They said this is just one of around 20 components of the grant program and far from its most prominent or important one. So you're saying it's worse, Snopes? You know, if I was going to you know, be crass here, it sounds like the Biden administration is trying to give black people and Latino people crack, which will ruin their lives. You know, it's funny. We used to talk about how the CIA, they say, I believe it was the CIA or the feds or whatever, were giving crack out in black neighborhoods to cause problems for them. Social justice activists complained about how the government did this. Now they're overtly doing it. Look at Snopes. They're like, now, priority is being given to underserved communities, underserved in crack pipe distribution. Yo, this is absolutely amazing. And I love how they're like right wing outlets reported breathlessly. Just the news, the blaze and chicks on the right. Yo, I read Newsweek, man. Newsweek is not a right wing publication. OK, I'm reading Newsweek. Yo, I'm reading my state line, my state line is the website for WTVO and WQRF. These are ABC and Fox program affiliates. It's not right wing, you lunatics. Yo, I feel bad for anybody who still believes the mainstream media. No, 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 that's even a weird thing to say because this is mainstream media, like Newsweek. Yo, Joe Biden's giving out crack pipes to black people and they're arguing it's a good thing. I just, I, I, I'm, you know what, man? I just don't even know. I just don't even know. Look at this one. The Independent GOP outraged at $30 million Biden plan to fund crack pipe distribution. <sighs> Conservative legislators are outraged by recent reports that a Biden administration drug harm reduction program may put some of its funds towards safer smoking kits. Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee wrote to the Department of Health and Human Services expressing grave concerns. Government-funded drug paraphernalia is a slap in the face to the communities and first responders fighting against drugs flowing into our community from a wide-open southern border. You know what? I'm just going to—can I just be real with you guys? Let's just break this down. Take it from Snopes themselves, okay? Safer smoking kits will be given to drug users with priority going to historically underserved communities. I—you know what's going to— I want you to imagine this. The Democrats fund this. A black man 
goes into one of these facilities and is handed his crack pipe kit. He then goes outside and begins smoking crap, crack. And an officer walks up and says, sir, what you're doing is a crime. You have a crack pipe and you're smoking crack. You're under arrest and then takes that black man to jail. What is wrong with these people? When you say that you want to you want to help underserved communities, I get it. When you say you want to deal with infection and disease and all this stuff, I totally get it. Then when you go out and give crack pipes to minorities because you're saying it will reduce harm while still having police arrest said minorities. The Democrats are creating a prison pipeline for underserved communities. And you know what's funny? I'm the right wing one for pointing it out. Yo, I, I, don't, I don't want black and brown people, as the left calls them, to be going to prison for doing this stuff, as I said, I think people should be allowed to, you know, engage in, you know, imbibe what they what they wish. I don't think they should be able to sell it or give it to kids and things like that. And you should do it in the privacy of your own home or in a private facility or something like that. But if they're going to be distributing the stuff that is illegal, what's going to happen when, you know, a, a minority goes in and gets this kit, leaves, goes under a bridge, and then the cops walk up and they're like, we got them. You're under arrest. How insane is this? And maybe that's why Snopes wants to try and cover it up and say it's not really happening or just lie and smear the right. Because Democrats are racist. They've always been racist. They've never not been racist. They're literally the party of slavery, the Klan and Jim Crow. And it's funny that when these, when the, when the, when these leftists and Democrats are like, the party switched. I'm like, yo, like, I don't know what you mean by that. It's the Democrats who want to give crack pipes to black people. You know, I guess it was in the 80s. It was under uh, who it was. It was under like not like Republicans are innocent. Don't get me wrong. It was under Republican administrations that crack was being flooded into these neighborhoods. But it's just funny how like in the 80s, it's like, did you know the government was doing this thing? How insane is that? Did you know that the government now is overtly doing it and they're being celebrated in the media by the left and defended by Snopes for doing it? Look, I don't have all the answers. Uh, I'm fairly libertarian in regards to um, somebody wanting to do drugs. Absolutely. As I've, as I've long stated. So that means um, I think you should be allowed to buy it. You shouldn't be allowed to do it publicly. You should be allowed to go home. Or maybe we should have, you know, facilities that control and regulate how much you can do and things like that. Maybe that makes sense. Maybe giving them kits to go out and do this on their own is not the right approach to it. My understanding is that many of these places where the left is in the de mainly the Democrats are like, see the, the 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 liberation of drugs. It's worked for people. It's like, yeah, it, what's worked is that they don't treat it like a crime anymore. They treat it like an ailment. So if you're someone who's a drug abuser, they'll try and help you get you clean. Yo, I know a lot of people who are former drug users. They are not happy with having been drug users. They needed help. They got help. They got clean, and now they're very very happy. There's twelve step programs. There's um you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, and there's Narcotics Anonymous, people ultimately are better off not doing drugs. Hands down. I just don't think we should be putting people in prison for it. We should be trying to help them. And that being said, unless or until they actually get rid of these laws, this is just going to make everything worse. And on top of that, it's a media play too. Like this, 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 It's how they lie about everything. When the right comes out and says, they're giving out crack pipes. Well, it's true. 
And then the media goes, no, no, they're giving out more than crack pipes. That's the most insane way to do, like tell someone like they're a liar, like some guy is beating his wife and then, you know, and then he like, you know, pushes her down the stairs and then, and then the news reports, man beats wife. And, and then Snopes is like, false. And while the man did beat his wife, he also pushed her down the stairs. How is it false? It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing how they lie, cheat, steal, manipulate, and do things like this. But I, I have to say, I genuinely believe the goal of the Democratic Party is to create permanent problems. There's a saying that uh, we, you know, in the nonprofit industry, a good nonprofit should put itself out of business. Nonprofits' goals are to solve problems. Not every, not every nonprofit will be able to put itself out of business. So it's just a saying. The idea is like, if you're, if you're like, we want to, you know, end deforestation, your goal should be to end it. And once it's ended, you're done. Greenpeace wanted to stop nuclear testing and then decided, yeah, we're going to be opposed to everything, I guess, and just never end. A good nonprofit says, you know, we have a goal. Once we accomplish it, we out. There are many nonprofits that are like, we want to help children grow up and, you know, live better lives, uh, orphans or something like that. Okay, well, that never ends. There's always going to be kids in need. Unless, of course, you can find a solution to that. I don't know if you can. What we're seeing with Democrats is that they come out and say, we want to solve these problems that we created. And so they have an incentive to maintain those problems. That's the issue with many companies. It's the issue with many nonprofits. To maintain a revenue stream, you cannot become obsolete. The story is that the early light bulb, the first light bulb has been lit. The first light bulb has been on for 100 years in a fire department in New York City, they say. And the, the investors in General Electric were like, dude, if the light bulb lasts forever, everybody buys one and that's it. Okay, well, let's make it so they burn out. So they developed a filament that burned out. That's the story, at least. Planned obsolescence. So you can keep selling the product and keep people hooked on your company. Democrats function much the same way. Destroy lives and then promise to solve the problems they've created. Look at San Francisco. You think this is going to solve anything? Yikes, man. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Comedian named Heather McDonald was doing a bit on stage about how she's received two vaccines, a booster, the flu shot, and the shingles shot, and she's fine. She says she's traveled to Mexico. She came back and uh, never got COVID. She then says Jesus loves her the most before apparently seizing. She looks up, locks, and goes, uh, and then just falls backward slamming her head on the floor, fracturing her skull to thunderous applause. When I first heard this story a couple days ago, I thought it was just a story about some comedian who passed out. There were, there were a bunch of reports and it was like, you know, comedian Heather McDonald says she's okay, apologized for everyone at the show for passing out. And I was just like, oh, wow, she passed out. I wonder what was the cause of this? You know, there's a lot of people who, uh, you know, I, I was I was looking for if the media was going to start talking about vaccines about it. Right. Because certainly there's a group of people that are very, you know, you know, critical of vaccines or there's that narrative that pursues that, that gets pushed around. I don't want to talk about that stuff. You know, by all means, talk to your doctor about what makes sense for you. But I was curious if there was going to be something in the media about this. And it turns out I'm reading this article and it mentions she was quoting something about vaccines and how she got all these vaccines. And I was like, huh. That's funny. And I was like, that's going to light up all the conspiracy theories and everything. But I didn't actually see the video until now. It went up. Uh, it was it was it was published yesterday. Uh, actually, yeah. So so uh, this video has been going around for about 12 hours or so or a little bit longer. And um, I, I just got to say, I am uh, my friends. I am not a deeply religious person. 
But you know what really stood out to me in this? It's not the vaccine stuff. I mean, that obviously is kind of, it's kind of ironic. It was the blasphemy. And uh, I, I just thought that was very, very funny because it, it's reminiscent of when that George Floyd mural was struck by lightning on a partly sunny day on the side of a building. And it just really makes you wonder. So I want to read you this story. Unfortunately, uh, I, I'm not going to play the video for I know a lot of people get mad when I when I say like, here's a video of something happening. You can go to my Twitter, twitter.com slash Timcast. And I have the video up. I said, holy F her whole bit is about the vax not effing her up. So when she passes out and slams her head, everyone laughed thinking it was a joke. No, 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 for real. Like that was her bit. Okay, let's work through this. And I want to stress, you know, I went to Catholic school when I was little. I am not a deeply religious person. I believe in God. I don't believe in any kind of like theistic or Abrahamic or any kind of God like that. I certainly just believe in a higher power. And, you know, I have a, I don't know, a complicated interest in, in, in you know, unique worldview when, as it pertains to religion uh, or, or to, to God and the concept of God. But I certainly think that there are many things that uh, Christians and Catholics and many religions do get right if but uh, uh, they could only see the picture of the whole. The way, I, the way I view it is that everyone's looking through a keyhole at the bigger picture, trying to understand what it is. I think a lot of people who are deeply religious would, would agree, but, um, they have a, but would believe you know, that their, their view of it is more correct than someone else's. I'll look at it this way. You get a big mansion. There are doors on every side of the mansion, and everybody is looking through a different keyhole, seeing something and saying, this is what it is. And then someone else on the other side is saying, no, 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 this is what it is. Like, they're all partly correct in what they're seeing. But uh, I, I want to talk about this just because I do think it's fascinating that you have th this, this arrogance, this hubris of a comedy bit sort of mocking the idea of vaccine injury. And then the woman passes out and slams her head. And when I watched it, I didn't even know she said, Jesus loves me the most. And then it happened. And then you have people commenting, being like, wow, blasphemy for good measure. And I'm like, look, 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 like I said, I am not a deeply theistic person. You know, there's a lot of questions about religion, but sometimes you see stuff and you're just like, oh, man, there's a lot to be said about this. So I will elaborate. But first, let's read what happened. This is from February 7th. Comedian Heather McDonald says she's recovering from skull fracture after collapsing on stage. During a Tuesday episode of her Juicy Scoop podcast, McDonald said all the tests performed on her at the hospital came back with positive results. They checked everything over and over. And now I'm just recovering from having a concussion. So I did have a fracture in my skull right in the back of my head, which caused some bleeding. But then the next CAT scan the morning showed that it was already starting to heal itself. Can I just can I just point that out? She mocks vaccine injury. She then uses the, the, the name of Jesus Christ for a punchline of a joke before, for seemingly no reason, passing out, fracturing her skull. And then when they bring her to the hospital, they're like, we can't see anything wrong again. Let me put it this way. Bill Maher says in Religious, his documentary about religion, that he asked someone, I could be screwing up the story, but he said he asked someone, you know, why they're faithful, why do they believe. And this person said, one day I asked the Lord for rain and it began to rain, like reached a glass out the window and it began to rain. And Bill Maher goes, yeah, but sometimes it rains. That's not a miracle. I'm like, so, so take, take that with a grain of salt, like, you know, for what it is. Sometimes comedians pass out on stage. It happens. Is it a coincidence that she was, 
I guess, as some people called, uh, referred to it as blaspheming and mocking vaccines and all that stuff. Honestly, yeah, it, it might just be. But certainly, I believe this story will send a, a shiver down the spines of many people. But I'll, we'll get into the more religious stuff because I want to talk about the George Floyd mural exploding as well. Do you guys remember that story? It's the side of a building and only the George Floyd portion blows up? Yo. A witness has said it was a lightning strike. Check it out. People are sounding they say, off locally me, uh, and around the nation where, oh, to this day. All right, here we go. McDonald revealed on Tuesday that she felt slightly weird moments before she took the stage, but shook it off and launched into her set intro. Shortly after McDonald said she began feeling dizzy and wondered if the leather blazer she was wearing was the cause. Wow, this better pass soon, she recalled thinking to herself. I don't know how I'm going to do the rest of my act for like an hour. Take the jacket off. Following her fall, she was taken to a local hospital where tests revealed no underlying medical issues that may have caused her collapse. The statement also noted that McDonald has been tested for COVID-19 remains negative and had consumed no alcohol prior to or during the show. Quote, I'm in the emergency room. I am so, so, so sorry. She said, I passed out on stage. I got up. I did one joke. I felt so dizzy. You can see my eye. I fell. Oh my God. I cannot believe this happened. I feel so terrible that they had to tell everyone to leave and then cancel the second show. Tempe, I will be back. During Tuesday's podcast, McDonald said she was wearing sunglasses to cover up two completely black eyes, which the comedian said were most likely due to the physical impact of hitting the back of her head. The vessels in your eyes are so sensitive. She had, uh, McDonald had released stand-up specials, including Juicy Scoop, and I don't mean to brag, and host a comedy and pop culture podcast titled Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald. Previously, she served as the host of TLC's All About Sex, was a writer and producer on Chelsea Lately, appeared in the Wayans Brothers' White Chicks and Dance Flicks. She also made cameos, and oh, we get it. She does a lot of stuff. So here's the bit she was doing. I'm going to show you, I'm going to play for you the bit. I'm not going to play for you the portion where she falls. However, I'm going to pause it before that, that, that happens. And you can go to Twitter if you want to watch the full video. YouTube is not, does not like showing these things. I'm not going to play it. I'm just going to show you her, her stand-up routine and let you hear for yourself. I don't mean to brag. I don't care. But I want you to know, double-vaxxed, booster, flu shot, and I'm going to be honest, I have the shingle shot too. Notice they all cheer and clap for her. And I still get my period. What? Yes. I think that might be a joke about her being 51, to be completely honest. She may be making a reference to reports about menstruation and vaccines. Let's, let's play more. Traveled, went to Mexico twice, did shows, meet and greets, never got COVID. Clearly, Jesus loves me the most. Seriously. <laughs> So nice. So nice. Uh. You hear her go, ah, oh. the microphone has dropped. And then she hits the hits the deck. Her head slams on the ground. I want to be completely real with everybody. Look, sometimes people, 51 year olds, they pass out. I mean, that's the reality. You know, when Bill Maher says sometimes it rains, I totally get it. I totally get it. I think there's going to be a couple different groups of people. Obviously, I think the deeply religious are going to see this and they're going to see it for what they want to see. She uses Jesus Christ as, as the, uh, for her punchline of her joke that he loves her more because she's not been stricken ill. I mean, you could not craft a more perfect bit, to be completely honest. Like, let's, let's think about this for a second. She says she's got all these vaccin vaccinations and she still gets her period, implying there's no negative health effects. She then says she's traveled around and never got COVID, implying it's good for you. And that because of that, 
because of the fact that she's never been stricken ill, Jesus loves her the most, throwing in a little touch of blasphemy and then passes out. Could it be that her bit was that she was going to pass out? Now, let's let's let me say this. She may have planned this. I think that's probably the most likely thing. This comedian's plan was to then faux fall down like, whoa. So and everyone laughs. But she didn't mean to hit her head and actually seriously injure herself. I think that's a strong possibility. The alternative is sometimes people fall down. Like sometimes people get lightheaded and they pass out. Now, the strange thing is she's saying that in the hospital, they're like, we can't find anything wrong other than the fracture. So, okay, well, then maybe the next most likely scenario is when you see when when she hits the ground, everyone busts out laughing. Because that is the great physical humor punchline of, I didn't get sick. I did all these things. I did that. I didn't get sick. Jesus loves me. Whoopsie. But not actually hitting your head, right? So let me just say, I think that's the most likely thing. She, she planned the fall. She didn't plan the injury. Now, getting a little bit, uh, getting a little bit more, um, I don't know, philosophical and uh, um, theological, let me show you this photo, and then I'll just, I just want to talk about the mysteries of, of the great universe. What you see on your screen, for those that can't see, I'll describe it, is the side of a brick building. On the side of this building, it's completely destroyed, is a mural. On the far, uh, on, on the far back of the building, it says, change of mind. It's blue. It's painted blue. There's a, you know, like a black sign. It says change of mind. There's a flower. And then on the right side, there is a man. It says the first changes, the revolution will be not, will not be televised. In the middle, where the mural has been completely blown out by what was described as a lightning strike, was George Floyd. You can see his chin. I have talked to some people who are experts in things like this, and they said, you know, typically when lightning strikes a building, it'll strike the chimney, like the highest point of the building. And I'm just like, why was the side of the building stricken by lightning? You'll also see that there's two layers of brick. There's an inner layer and an outer layer, and only the outer layer has been blown out. Now, I'm told that's fairly normal, that when there is damage, yeah, the side brick, you know, there's two layers of brick. One side will get knocked out, and the other side won't. I still kind of think that's crazy, like just absolutely crazy. The official story goes back to July 13th, 2021. George Floyd mural in North Toledo reduced to rubble after being struck by lightning. Mayor and artists say it will be replaced. I mean, this is just, it's the craziest thing. Here you can see in this video, the original mural had a crown on George Floyd's head. All right. Let me see if I play this. You can see what the original mural looked like. People are standing around it. And in the wide shots, because this is the video, I guess, when they put it up. I don't know if you can actually see the wide. Are they, are they not showing a wide shot? Come on. In the uh, initial wide shot, you can see it says like no signal. There's what appears to be like uh, uh, the color bars for TV when it, when, it, when it cuts out. And they have a crown on his head. So you can, only, you can sort of see it. I, I wonder about this stuff, man. I covered this when it happened. And it got tons of crazy views. Look at this. First alert Doppler. Uh, Doppler says lightning strike around 4.30. They tracked the lightning strike with scientific instruments. Witnesses said they saw the lightning strike. Here's the crazy thing. In the photo, the ground is dry. My understanding is that it had been raining and then the clouds had cleared up for the most part and there were still some clouds when lightning struck the George Floyd portion 
George Floyd portion of this mural only on the side of the building. Yo, I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe the reality is it's all one big hoax and they're lying to us and someone came and knocked this out specifically. I don't know. But I'll tell you, this is the first thing I thought of when I saw this video of Heather McDonald. Like how insanely perfect was her whole bit to talk about getting two vaccines and a booster and a flu shot and the, sh- and the shingle shot, traveling around, not getting sick, experiencing no ailment because Jesus loves her the most. And then uh, she is stricken down. <laughs> I am not a deeply religious person, man. I am not uh, a theistic in the, in, in the sense of like, you know, any one particular religion. I'll tell you, I do believe in God and it has a lot to do with, I grew up Catholic and I read a whole lot about, you know, religion and, and theology and things like this. So like grade school stuff. So no great scholarly works for the most part. And then as I got older and I left and I became very atheist, I felt, I, I started to read about science and that actually started to connect the dots into a lot of what, a lot of what I was really reading from religion. And then I kind of just became more agnostic before finally settling down and saying, I think the issue with people and the idea of God is that most people who are midwits, as it were, of average intelligence, they have a, a, a narrow view of what God is or could be. And so a lot of people, when I have these conversations, will say things like, you know, a, a God, you know, there's no man in the sky and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, why would you believe that God is a man? You know what I mean? I'm like that That's my issue with it. I believe it's fair to say that as humans, we are but simple specks in an indifferent universe. And uh, to, to be less crass about it, we are microscopic compared to the, grand, uh, the, the, the grandeur of the cosmos. If we are looking around at the universe and struggling to grasp and comprehend it, it stands to reason that whatever exists beyond our understanding is beyond our understanding. And that there likely is, in my opinion, based on the fact that we are but tiny specks in this universe, a greater power. To put it simply, I'm not saying that the Bible is the true word of God or anything like that. I, I don't know. I'm agnostic on most on all these religions. that Everyone seems to think they're right. I certainly think God exists. And I think it's fair to say that, I'll put it this simply, you know for a fact as an atheist, a, a secularist, or an agnostic, that you don't know even one tragillionth of what the universe is. We know that we don't know very much. And that is to say that we, the one thing we do know is that the universe is, is, is stunningly beyond comprehension. And if that's the case, then it stands to reason things beyond our comprehension exist, and therefore... A, 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 there is some form of a God. Now, a lot of people will say like, you know, oh, that's a cop out because they think there is this narrow view of what God is, that God is in the likeness of man and like snapping, you know, their fingers and making things appear. And I'm like, I, that's just a human view, a human worldview of what creation and, and, and sentience or consciousness could be. And we are too tiny of specks in this universe to to know. But more importantly, Like, just mathematically, I'll put it this way. If the universe is quantified on a scale of a million to one, then from the most rudimentary of functions, humans are a two or a three. You know, because we have basic functions of atoms and elements and attraction and, 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 and the, uh, um, the natural forces, these are things we know or we, we, we think we know or we've mapped out to a certain degree that we could be wrong about a lot of these things. But we've, cer- we've certainly witnessed things existing. Human construct and the chemical reactions are barely a notch above baseline that we've witnessed in the universe. 
That is to say, there are things beyond our comprehension so far above us. Yeah, I think it's reasonable to, to believe that God exists, but I can simplify it another way too. Simulation theory, I find absolutely fascinating. We had, uh, Seamus and I have had a great, uh, from Freedom Tunes, have, have, have had uh, great conversations about this. When you think about what Elon Musk says, you know, Elon Musk says things like, you know, we live in a simulation. If simulations are possible and the universe has been around this long, it stands to reason that before our reality existed, there was a more advanced race that created a simulated version of this reality. There are people who genuinely believe in simulation theory. There's that really funny, um, uh, the Abby woman, whatever her name is, she made the conspiracy theory chart. I talked about Seamus did a video about it where she writes in one of her conspiracy theory sections, we have questions, meaning implying plausibility. She puts simulation theory alongside Iran-Contra. Like Iran-Contra literally happened. That, that whole thing happened. We know it happened. It's, it's, there are hearings about it. And she puts simulation theory in there as well, as if we know we live in a simulation. We just have questions about why. Okay, that's a bold statement. However, what I find fascinating about proponents of simulation theory, because I, I do find the concept fascinating, is that they're not saying we're in a simulation. They're saying we're in a constructed universe by a higher power. And I'm like, that's literally what they told me when I was in kindergarten, dude. When someone comes to me with this idea of simulation theory, like Elon Musk, these very smart individuals, and they say something to me that I was told when I was five, I'm like, that's literally what church was telling us. They just didn't call it a simulation. They said that a higher power, God, you know, created the universe and all that stuff. And I'm it's like, okay, you, you believe it or you don't. What I find fascinating is that through independent investigation and science, we now have great thinkers like Elon Musk finding themselves at level one of basic theism. That if you look at uh, the great thinkers of theology, I mean like legitimate ones, obviously there's, there's you know, great thinkers, but you, you could criticize and question. But if you look at some of these truly great philosophers, many of whom are religious, they've asked these questions a long, long time ago and actually had great philosophical discussions around these concepts of a constructed universe. And thus we end up with the belief in God. Now, I don't know about a whole lot of what we hear from the words of man, and that's my issue with most theism. If a human being comes to me and says they speak on behalf of the greater power, I say, yeah, sorry, I don't believe you for, the, you know, sorry, I just don't. And that's why I'm mostly not theistic. And that's why even after, you know, reading so much, my, my general view is that I think, I think there is evidence of God. I think the problem is many atheists and agnostics assume that must mean there's a, a bald bearded man in white robes. And I'm like, that is, well, are sounding that off is locally childish and absurdity, to, to put it mildly. No, I think that uh, God, there's evidence for God in the complexity of the universe and uh, when people talk about simulation theory, they're effectively saying evidence for God. I'll put, it, I'll put it this way. Don't take the word God to mean guy in the clouds. That is childish. It really, really is. When Elon Musk says mathematically there is circumstantial evidence with simulations being possible that we exist in a simulation, or at least if he entertains the plausibility of such a claim, the, I agree with him. I'm like, yes. And so there's this really funny comic of the IQ bell curve. On the lowest end are the dumbest people saying God exists. On the highest end are uh, people wearing robes saying, yes, God exists. And then there are people in the middle, the midwits, who are just like, no, God's not real. So I'll put it this way. I, uh, I don't know if any of these books or scriptures or great religions around the world are correct. I certainly think that the universe is so complex that if consciousness exists, 
there should exist a higher degree of consciousness. That is to say that our brains, I'll put it this way. We have a brain. Our brain is powerful. It grants us uh, understanding to, uh, to a certain degree of our universe. Certainly, then it's possible that a larger brain could exist 10 times as large, maybe structured in different ways, or a decentralized network of brains that uh, uh, compute information and have the ability to perceive, construct, and manipulate beyond our reasoning. Does that mean that, uh, to put it simply, I have a very broad view of what God could be, to, to, to simplify. Uh, without getting too much into religion, let me just, I'll just throw it back to this, right? Because these stories about lightning strikes over George Floyd and a woman, you know, using the name of Jesus as a, as a butt of a joke. I'll put it this way. You know, I was just talking to um, my, my older brother and he said, hey, man, he's like, ah, you just don't know what you're screwing with when you do this stuff. We don't be arrogant. Be humble. I'll, I'll simplify it this way. If I don't know something, you know, I'm, I'm open to learning more and, and trying to understand it. I wouldn't want to ever come out and mock and laugh at someone's ailment. Because I'll tell you this, I've, I've experienced things in my life. There was a, a time when I was a teenager and I was watching online videos and me and my friends were just being really nasty and mocking people we saw in some of these online videos. I'm not going to get into too much detail. And we were just like, look how dumb they are. It's so pathetic and stupid. And then within a few years, I actually ended up meeting these people and they were incredibly nice to me. And I felt so bad. And I was just like, how am I meeting these people? These are those people from that, that viral video I watched. And they were so nice. And there was no reason to be mean to them. And so from th that was a learning moment for me where I was just like, you got to be a little bit more humble, I guess. You know, mocking people who are sick or who have COVID or have got the vaccine. I'm like, I ain't doing any of that, man. Look, you do you. I don't know what's right for you. You know what's right for you. And this, is, this fuels a lot of my worldview. When people say, like, don't blaspheme or whatever, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, I get it. You know, you feel that way. But uh, I'm not going to tempt the fates. You know, the idea that we live in this hard mathematical uh, simulated reality is, it, it's amazing to me that some people could believe we live in a simulation or we live in a hard, in this hard mathematically, uh, you know, functioning universe and not think that there could even be, maybe it's not God. But let's say there exists a being who has 10 times the comprehend, comprehension power of, of our minds, which, which grants them the ability to perceive things we couldn't even imagine. We can, we can see a, spec, a portion of the electromagnetic spectrum. Certain creatures struggle with this. They have better smell. There could exist a species or life in the universe, based on a secular worldview, that has 10 times the, the, the brain power, which grants them understanding of reality that allows for technology we couldn't even comprehend. Look, there's videos of chimps and orangutans using sticks. Yeah, well, we have supercomputers. Certainly, there could exist something above us, more powerful and smarter than us. So, you know, don't be arrogant, because one day those spaceships may come down and they're going to be like, you're but ants to us. I think there are higher powers to varying degrees. Maybe there, maybe there's no higher power that literally created the universe. But I certainly think that whatever exists beyond our comprehension is beyond our comprehension. So it's entirely possible. And I think that, you know, when you look at simulation theory and the mathematical reasoning behind it, it suggests that there is but an ever slight possibility that there is a God. That being said, seeing lightning strike the George Floyd mural I gotta tell you, man, oof, yikes.
Uh, I'll just I'll just keep doing my thing and you do yours and feel free to comment, <laughs> disagree with me. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then.